All right, Romans chapter 13. And put a finger there, and then I want you to turn, and I want you to go to Hebrews. Hebrews. That is the book of the Bible where it proves that the man should make the coffee. He does? Is it any good? Uh, how many was at the uh, men's fish fry yesterday? Good turnout, about 100 guys all together. Everybody that helped with the fish, I want you to uh, stand where, where you're at. Please stand. Come on. Everybody that helped, please stand. Give them a hand. Awesome. Don, was it right? There was 75 pounds of fish and 30 pounds of French fries. Yeah, it was good. All right, let's get to reading because I've got a lot to say. Some of you will be mad when it's over, so let's just get right into this. <laughs> Romans 13, verse 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resist the power, resist the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. This is not the sermon, but if you want to look for a capital punishment verse, there it would be. Hmm. Moving right along. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And the next three words, Paul says, I think Paul wrote this book, pray for us. You need to pray for your church leadership. That's right. You need to pray for those that are in government. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but they, I know it, <laughs> I know it. You know when it's cold outside? When you drive by and you see a politician standing outside in the cold and he's got his own hands in his own pocket, that's when you know it's really cold outside. <laughs> Have we prayed yet? Lord, take the few words that we will speak here this day, and I'm believing, God, it will be beneficial to everybody here. Give us a, an attentive heart. Lord, I'll be attentive to what you want me to say. Help these ones to be attentive to what they need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to leadership. I've already mentioned beforehand, before the sermon, that my birthday is April 20. Five. Two five. 
By me doing that, that is very, very, very self-serving. Okay? But listening to leadership when it is something that, listen, when I ask you to do something, when I am preaching and tell you that this is not what I think that you ought to do, that's never self-serving because it's going to benefit you. If it benefits you, it's not self-serving on my part, it's motivation on my part. So that would be self-serving. If I tell you my birthday a hundred times through the course of this sermon, April 25th, that's self-serving. So I just want you to get that right. April 25th, but that is self-serving. If, no, we'll look at this another way. If I would, no, two weeks ago, I vetoed about eight ways to start this sermon already. So now we're going to go this way. Two weeks ago, on a Thursday night, they canceled music practice because of bad weather. That night, I made sure to listen to 90.9 The Vine at 8 o'clock because I knew Carlin would be listening to 90.9 The Vine on 8 o'clock, and I wanted to get his take on what the singing from Orchardville Church and the preaching from Orchardville Church was like on the radio that night. So I'm listening at 8 o'clock. And in my radio voice, and now, <laughs> pastor of Orchardville Church, Mark Shell, will give an exciting sermon. And here he is, Mark Shell. And then, immediately following that was these words. Immediately following that were these words. You've been listening to Mark Shell from Orchardville Church. <laughs> Nothing. 30 seconds, that was it. And I thought, those guys. <laughs> the one night that I set aside to make sure to listen to what was going on and see what I, if I liked it or not, and I knew Carlin was listening, and I see Car call Carlin the next day, and, well, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, it, that didn't work very well. And, and self-serving would have been me to have called the radio station up and say, I've never been so offended. You didn't play my sermon. That had been self-serving. I didn't do that. I had Carlin to call him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then they got all the kinks worked out. Because I seen, I seen, I seen Randy Olson Friday and I seen him at Phillips 66, and he came up to me and said, Mark, I don't know, in his radio voice, Mark, I don't know what happened that night, but uh, we've got all the kinks worked out. Last Sunday after church was over, I met with a young man who had called me up previously wanting to know if he could meet with me. And I said, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it Sunday after service is over. He was polite he was attentive, 
And I'm pretty well guessing there was follow through the following week in the counsel that I gave him. Now, we're looking at today listening to leadership. About three weeks ago, a young, another young man wanted to talk to me, and I counseled with him, and in the course of that conversation, here was what he told me. Well, preacher, thanks for your opinion. And that basically was a conversation. Listen, if we're talking about a movie, I've got an opinion. If we're talking about a trivia word or whatever the quiz is, I've got an opinion. If we're talking about a sports team, I've got an opinion. If we're talking about a politician, you better know I've got an opinion. But if we're talking about spiritual matters that's going to impact you and your family, what I've got is way more than an opinion. Leadership in America is being undermined. And probably because of Watergate, probably because of Bill Clinton and the shenanigans going on in the Oval Office, in the White House, probably because of about every politician you can name on a national basis, not everyone, but 70% of them, you don't know if you could trust them as far as you could throw them. Give you, here's the trivia question for the day. In the Old West, what was the preacher called? Who said parson? Kenny, very good. Parson. Parson. The word is a Latin word or a French word that literally means chief person. People went to the preacher for him to be able to decide on judgments, calls, and different things. They respected him and trusted him. That is no longer the case. And probably a lot of this happened back in the late 80s with the Jimmy Swaggart deal and the Jim Baker deal and everybody uh, looking at these, uh, or these TV preachers and thinking that you can't trust them. And people have an undermining value and idea of what leadership is in America, and that's too bad. My kids growing up, they never, ever heard me, never, ever heard me slam any preacher. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And parents, don't set your children up for failure by you slamming every preacher you know, particularly your pastor, and them within earshot. Thank you for that. Don't set your children up for failure. I heard this a few years ago, or maybe it was last summer, I don't remember. It was a baseball coach. He was on the radio. This is what he was talking about. In the course of what he said, this is what he said, and I about uh, fell out of my chair. I will allow the next 10 days for my players to go on summer vacation. That's what the baseball coach said. I will allow it. And here's what I thought. What if a pastor said something like that? Holy cow! They'd be riding him out on a rail. 
How dare he? Who does he think he is? But the baseball coach said that. Oh, well, that's just how it is. I got to wonder, where's our priorities? And it's not that I'm wanting to tell anybody when they go on vacation, but the idea is it's okay for the school to tell you whatever. I knew this was going to be uphill all the way. Orchardville, Orchardville OC kids and modified youth, I'm telling you, every time we try to schedule something, there are scheduling conflicts with the school. And you know why? Because the school events have things on Wednesday and they have things on Sunday and you just better get used to it, parents. Schools no longer work with churches and the reason why is they don't have to. Because there are more parents not going to church than going to church. And I think if parents would bind together and bond together and say something about this, the school probably would have to change their stance on that. And this is not a slam. We have got some of those wonderful school, public school teachers in Orchardville Church at large here, Centralia, and at Fairfield. Thank God for you because I wonder what the, what the darkness would be like if your light wasn't there. My niece, Jaden. Oh, I've learned so much off Mrs. Mays. Stacy, keep it up. That girl, yeah, keep it up. So this is not a slam against the school teachers, but I'm telling you that if parents, if we would, we just keep our mouth shut, mom's the word, and the school just basically does whatever. They, 20 years ago, this was not the case. They didn't have things on Wednesday night. Did not have things on Sunday. But now we can't hardly ever even have an event because, well, the school's already got this or that. Preacher, you're outdated. Oh, I know that. And it's a brave new world, and we're going down the drain. Listen, if attending church falls way behind everything else on the calendar, that won't get better with age in your child's mind. They'll grow up thinking, it just really ain't that important. I'll do whatever, and if I can work God in sometime, that's what I'll do. Preacher, this is a hundred years old. Second Chronicles chapter 26. Uzziah the king offered up an offering of incense to God that wasn't his job to do that. The priest should have done that. He immediately, leprosy rose up in his forehead. And that man, they drove him because leprosy is a type of sin. They drove him out of the church. Guess what happens in Chronicles chapter number 27? Jotham, his son, no longer goes to church because dad got hurt in church. And I ain't going to church. Guess what happens in 2 Chronicles chapter 28? Ahaz, the grandson of Uzziah, is offering his children up in the fires of Molech. Literally, literally 
offering his children as a burnt sacrifice to a false heathen God. And it all started because grandpa got hurt in church and I don't just go to church because grandpa got hurt in church. I'm telling you, parents, don't set your children up for failure. Make it a matter of importance. Jesus asked the disciples this. And let me back up and say, David, in Psalms 1-1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's the thing. Where are you getting your information from? Where are you getting your advice from? Where are you getting your counsel from? Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And here's what they said. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're a mighty prophet. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter steps up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Here's the two words that I want to hit on. Some say. There's always going to be some sayers that's going to try to dictate to you and get into your life. Who do men say that I am? Well, you know, some say, some say, some say, some say, that's a mighty big church building down there. You put a lot of hay in that building. That's what a guy told me one time. You know what that message is? You can't fill that building and you're going to have to sell that building and a farmer will take that building and put hay in that building. I don't listen to some say. I don't do it. I don't do it. Why should I? I had a guy tell me one time right up here at this store. He said, well, if I was pastor of that church, I'd do. I said, where do you go to church at? I, well, what do you Where do you go to church at? Well, I, I don't go anywhere. Why would I listen to you then? You know why I don't hear a lot of gruff and junk from a whole lot of people that, that a lot of other people in Orchardville Church have to listen to and do listen to? Because they know I won't put up with it. And sad to say, there's too many people in Orchardville Church that anybody, some say, can do, say anything they want to about the leadership, about what Orchardville Church is doing, and they sit there like, their lips are sewed shut. And they know I won't do that because I'll say something about it. Some say the day of miracles is over. Some say you can't build a church. Some say, don't listen to some say. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the church is built upon that type of reality and that type of conviction and that type of testimony. Thank God for people like that. You know, I find it rather amazing. You don't ever hear anybody speaking against a pastor that's got 25 people in his church. But the moment that pastor would start growing and have 250 people, then you'd have people speaking against what he's doing. Now, as long as you got 10 or 25, nobody speaks against him. But the moment he starts growing, there's going to be critics and people speak against him. 
That's when you just got to shake it off. How many's heard my donkey story? How many's not heard my donkey story? Twelve people, you're worth it. Here we go. <laughs> the donkey fell down in the well, an old dry well, and the farmer didn't know what to do, and he called his buddy, and his buddy said, I don't know, just throw some trash on top of him. And he threw, so he threw his trash on top of that donkey. And that donkey just shook it off. And he stomped it down. And he went up just a few inches. And that farmer looked at the well. He called everybody in the county, all the farmers. Here they come. They took all of their trash and just started throwing it on top of the donkey. And the donkey, every time, just shake it off. And he'd smash it down. And he'd raise up a little bit higher. And after about three days of that, of everybody coming over, throwing their trash, finally the very last load of trash got thrown in. The donkey shook it off. He smashed it down. He jumped out of the well, and nobody in the county ever saw the donkey again. <laughs> There's always going to be some say throwing trash on top of your head. Either you can fall with that and say, nobody loves me, and woe is me, and everybody rains on my parade, I'm going to go in the backyard and just eat worms. <laughs> or you can shake it off, smash it down, raise higher, and go with God. <laughs> Listen, leadership is where it starts, and leadership is, can, be, can be all uh, uh, bundled up into one word, influence. I can't make a you do anything. Influence. There's got to be influence there. I need Van to come up and help me. <laughs> make me a uh, pyramid. Okay, right there. This is what corporate America is built on right here. And unfortunately, most churches in America. And in a corporate, who is the entity that's way up here? CEO. Write that down, please. CEO. After that... After that, who? Manager. Let's say a plant manager. Say manager. After that? Foreman. After that? Right, uh, workers that do stuff. All right, there is, that's, that's modern-day American corporations right there. CEO, managers, foremans, um, maybe a few more in between here. Uh, what would that be? I don't, what is it? Supervisor, team leaders. Yeah. So there you got all that. That is corporate America. 
That is not God's design of the church. No way. I want you to erase that. Oh, yeah, here, we don't have an eraser. Here, don't use your hand. And then I want you to write a tree. Draw a beautiful tree. If you was a twee, what kind of twee would you be? Who said that? Barbara Walters, that's right. Ba-ba, wa-wa. Okay. That's good. I'm not this... I'm not the CEO, but I am the pastor. And if you was guessing, where's the pastor on this tree? Where? Right here. Put pastor right there. That's where the pastor is. And the reason being is because the pastor wants to be able to be to where he can have the resources to help everyone else to do what they need to do. Next, put down the staff. After that, what would we have here at Orchardville Church? Volunteers. Volunteers. Uh, do that first. Department heads. After that, Volunteers. And all of our jobs here, make some fruit up in here. Yeah. Looks like they got hair on them. That's good. There, very good. All right. So you got pastor, you got the staff, then you got department heads, then you got volunteers. Thank you. Give Kay a round of applause. And we want everybody to be able to have the resources that you need to be able to do your job and to be fruitful. This is why over and over and over again, we call for people to get involved because the moment you get involved, then you're plugged into what's going on here. And I'll just tell you how I am. I can't keep from it. Most churches in Wayne County, if they saw this crowd, they would be so overjoyed they would talk about it the rest of the year. You know what I see? Anybody? There you go. I see some empty seats. I see some empty seats. We each one reach one is what we're looking at this year, and we want to be able to equip you to help you to be able to do that better than you ever could by yourself. Servant leadership is what this right here defines. I do not have to be way up here where everybody sees me. That's not it. The pastor should be down here helping feed, helping grow, helping to wear the rest of this that we call the a tree, Orchardville Church. The logo, you can see it right out here in the foyer. It's the tree. So that this thing can grow and flourish, and thank God, people can be helped. Amen. This is the true joy of life. 
being used up for a purpose bigger than yourself. Again, this is the true joy of life, being used up for a purpose bigger than yourself. Being a blessing instead of a feverish little clot of ailments and grievances, always complaining that you're not happy. That will never draw anybody to Jesus. It just won't do it. Won't do it. Leaders, the gospel is good news, and I refuse to be chicken little. Oh, no, it's just, a, I've heard this so many times. It's just a burned over field. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to believe. It's too hard. Sissies and quitters. The two salesmen that went to Africa, shoe salesmen, and one shoe salesman calls back to corporate headquarters and says, send me home. Nobody wears shoes over here. And the other guy calls, the salesman calls corporate headquarters and says, send me more shoes. Everybody needs shoes over here. Thank God. That's the kind of person I want to be. The gospel is good news. If your face is as long as a Missouri mule, ain't nobody going to have any idea of what you're trying to tell them and won't be motivated by it. Let me tell you a few things about leadership. Number one, there are three types of leadership. There is a sympathy leader. Saul in the Old Testament. It was the people made me do it. I wouldn't have done it, but the people made me do it. If you're in a church where the pastor's always crying about something, <laughs> you're in the wrong church. Sympathy leadership will never get you anywhere. We could do something, but, you know, it's, do I have, I don't have the voice. I'll just keep it that way. We could do something, but it's just the, the previous administration. That's just the reason we can't do anything. <laughs> Sympathy leadership. Number two. Dictator leadership. It's like Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. You disagree with me, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. A dictator leader will kill every idea that comes along. I thank God for new ideas, fresh ideas. Servant leadership is the third one, and that's the one that Jesus modeled. Only greatness can serve. My ministry is constantly being interrupted, and then one day it dawned on me, that is the ministry. It's interruptions. Look at the life of Jesus. He was always going somewhere, and when he was going, people interrupted him. And he didn't say, oh, I don't have time for you. On the way to the cross to carry the sins of the whole world, he stopped for blind Bartimaeus. He made time. The interruptions are the ministry. This is another thing you've heard time and time again. And we'll use this. 
But Jesus, this is in Philippians, you've heard this, made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men and humbled himself even to the death of the cross. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I know most people, they got the idea that that means, oh, we're waiting. When's, when's he going to get here? Oh, we're waiting. I know some people that are professional waiters on the Lord. Oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And they've been waiting on the Lord for 22 years and ain't done anything yet. Here's what I really think that means. They that wait upon the Lord. And see, if all you've been to Burger King, this don't make any sense to you. <laughs> they that wait upon the Lord. Can I take your order? Can I wipe the crumbs off your table? Boy, that's where you know you're in a classy joint, boy, when that happens. Guy reached over my table one time to do that. It's like, what are you doing? My wife's the one with all the crumbs. Go over. <laughs> They that wait upon the Lord. It's not, oh, you, you listen to me, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to dictate to you, and this is, no, 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 no. When we first got here 25 years ago, very first sermon I ever preached, and it's going to try me out. How many here is 28 years of age? Would you please stand? Anybody 28? Right there, 28. Anybody else 28? Right there. Candace, you're 20. Oh, wow. <laughs> that really puts it in perspective here. I was 28 years of age when I came to Orchardville, and they wanted to hear me preach, and they was going to vote whether they wanted me as their pastor or not. I don't know what this says about Archie, but Archie Butcher that night was sitting on the front row. It's the only time I've ever seen him sit on the front row. He's on the back <laughs> row today. But when that service was over, here's what Archie said. We all need to be the Indians, and we just need a chief to let us know what way we ought to be going and what we need to be doing. And I appreciated that. And I was only 28 years old. And he said something like that. And a few months after that, because we were still in the basement, I said, we're going to build. We're going to build straight up and put, on a, put in two bathrooms, and we ain't going to borrow a dime to do it. And Archie walked outside and went up to Roy Mueller and said, Mueller, I don't know about you, but I've heard the wind blow before. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is something about, about church leadership that I think a person is blessed if you will get into the flow of what God prescribed order is. And again, I'm not going, it's not my job to tell you when you ought to buy a car or not. Don't come to me and ask me if you ought to buy a car. Good grief. 
I've traveled keeping wheels in my own wife with her with a car and all that. Don't ask me about stuff like that. But when it comes to spiritual nature, yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not a self-serving thing. I believe God has, has, give, has equipped me to pastor this church, not another church, but to pastor this church. And according to the book of Revelation, I am a gift to you. What do you think of that? Well, I don't know. We get a different, we, we had a better gift. You get what you pay for. That's my <laughs> idea there. Let's all stand. Williams even laughed today. I, at the beginning of this sermon, I thought, oh boy. <laughs> Father, we thank you, God, for, we thank you for every person that makes up this congregation, Orchardville Church. We thank the Lord for all the varied ministries that flow from this place. God, I ask and pray that every person be encouraged here this week. Help us all, Lord, to each one, to reach one. Lord, about no matter where I go when I'm talking to somebody from Orchardville Church, before long, they'll say those very words to me. So, Lord, I know that this is striking a chord in the heart of every person, to each one, to reach one. And, Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that perhaps that they don't know or they're unsure about where they would go if they would die, Lord, we can all have that, that good, wholesome assurance knowing that, yes, today something would happen to me, I know that I go straight to heaven. Not because I'm a good person, but, Lord, because your grace is so overwhelming. Thank God for that. And, Lord, that be, let that become a reality today. In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open. If you have a need for prayer, whatever that would be, Come right on. There'll be people that'll pray with you. Come on. Come on. If you're here this morning, you never asked Jesus to be your Savior. What a, what a, what a more better, brilliant, sun-filled day than today to ask Jesus Christ to be Savior and Lord of your life. Come on. Come on. There is a place, a place that's safe, here in your presence, Lord. There is a place, a place where fears fade away, here in your presence, Lord.
sorrows they fade, dreams are remade, here in your presence, there is a place, there is a place, a place of Sin and all shame, taken away, taken away, Lord. Here in your presence, Lord, we draw near. So we draw nearer, nearer, oh, nearer, nearer, Lord, nearer to. that that fine, good-looking, strapping man, today he asked Jesus Christ to be his Savior. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. We know according to the Bible that the angels in heaven rejoiced the moment that that young man said, yes, I trust you. Thank God. Hallelujah. 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 Reach, teach, and serve. Let's do that, church. And we're not out, we're not Lone Ranger out here. No, we're corporately doing this together as a community of believers, the people that love each other and love Jesus and want to see other people come to Jesus Christ as Savior. Thank God for that. Thank God. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.